Hello and welcome to One and Done TV. I am the better one of your co-hosts, Ian Hamilton. And I, by default, am the worst one, John Polking. I prefer the term lesser. And this yeah, is but the... if there's two things, it's, it's best and then there's worst. Well, I just think there's better and lesser in our, our circumstances. I'll take your word for it. And this is the podcast where we review television shows that were canceled after one season, and then they were gone. All these people worked on them, and they put all their hopes and dreams into them, and some of them thought it was their big break, but they were wrong. It's just like one second they were there, and then bam, they were gone. Speaking of bam, they were gone. Today we are... Reviewing 2007 MTV's BAM's Unholy Union, starring Bam Margera and his, at the time, fiance, L- Lizzie? Dude. Lissa. No. Lissy. No. Lisa. No. I'm getting farther away. What is oh her name? Oh, my God. No. Dude. Mel- it's, her name's Melissa, isn't it? Yes, it is. And she has a nickname. Uh-huh. And it's... Did you watch this? Oh, I watched all nine episodes. Okay. It's... Oh, wow. No. Um, no. I'm going to edit this out. I'm not going to leave myself No, you should song. leave this in. I, Missy. 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 My goodness. Okay. Well, who who takes a nickname where they take the first letter, then cut to the end, huh? You take the first part, or you take the second part. You don't take a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, okay? Do you want to start this whole thing over, or are you good? No. No. I am good. Okay. I am better than I've ever been. John, before we start talking about Bam's real name, which I don't remember either, what are you watching? Marchera. No, no. Like, his first name is Bam's a nickname. Oh, yeah. I don't know that. I saw on a plane... I saw a movie called After Yang. Have you heard about this? No. Yeah, it's a Sundance movie picked up by A24, but only produced on Showtime, I guess. I don't know. It's got Colin Farrell. It's about a family that ha- it's like a near future where there's a cyborg that is brought in a very realistic human cyborg thing. That Bicentennial is- Man. With skin, so like way more realistic he, than Bicentennial, Bicentennial Man. Man. Robin Williams has skin. By the end of it, Oliver oh. Platt makes skin for him. Shows what I know about Bicentennial Man. Yeah, I don't know anything about Bi- I I thought I knew. I thought I knew everything about Bicentennial Man. I thought I was the Bicentennial Man, but you have shown me up, sir, and I apologize for that. But it's a family that they have a cyborg that is sort of acting as a older brother to their adopted daughter uh the robot goes uh, kaputskis and it's about sort of 
the humanity of this robot and what it meant to its family. And it's also sort of about the grieving process and how do we say goodbye. It was really sweet and small. And Colin Farrell was amazing in it. It really made me forget about Colin Farrell as a person and reminded me about Colin Farrell as an actor who I do generally like. In Is Colin Farrell a bad person? I don't I know. I mean, this. he had a reputation as a bit of a bad boy around the Daredevil days. But oh. he I think he's he's grown up a little bit. I haven't heard much about okay. him since then. So Was he an Irish hooligan of some kind? I mean, we don't wanna judge people based exclusively on their point of origin. But yeah, he was just a drunken Irishman. Yeah. Okay. He was a brawler, probably. Yeah. And total baller, am I right? He no. Yeah, it was just really sweet and small. Uh yeah. I like things that uh meditate on humanity. It was also really short. It was like 84 minutes. Mm. Yeah. Love that. Speaking of meditating on humanity, I just finished watching Winning Time. All right. About the Showtime Lakers. Still haven't watched it. You haven't. I'm going to be you for a second. It's fun. It's fun. (laughs) I have really gotten into basketball the last, uh, I don't know, seven years of my life, especially, you know, some of you listeners may know. I am a huge, huge UT women's basketball fan that only started this year uh, since I moved to Austin. I went to almost every home game last season. Damn, do I love UT women's basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm talking Ebo. I'm talking Matharu. I'm talking Moore. I'm talking Lattimore. I'm talking uh, Harmon and everyone else. Nice. Uh, So it was just a really good, it's a really fun story. It's told really well. It's made by Adam McKay, and you can can tell he's developed a style away from Will Ferrell, and it keeps in line with that style. And I don't know. The basketball's good. The story's good. Uh, They make really interesting film choices. Like, the directing is really unique and sometimes it's shot in this like grainy 70s kind of way and sometimes it's it's in perfect hd and they really mess with the editing like uh someone will be in the middle of of like a monologue and they'll like cut to the other person when they cut back to the them who's speaking the monologue is still going but it'll be like a reaction shot of themselves like stewing in the monologue it's just uh it's very interesting it's very it's very good and it rides the line between uh mainstream and artsy a little bit in that respect but john c Riley's is great and jonah hill directs the second episode which was hmm. pretty cool which uh, kind of makes sense and actually that episode starts to really uh define the look of the show going forward so he actually uh, left his mark on there. And yeah, good show. Awesome. Yeah, it's one of those ones that like I know I'm going to watch and I'm going to enjoy it. I just haven't done it yet. Right. I've watched that in lieu of Stranger Things season four and in lieu of Barry and uh, other. And I, going way back, still haven't watched Killing Eve. I really want to. Still haven't. Yeah. Still haven't watched Marvelous Miss Maisel. It'll be there. They'll all be there. 
They'll all be there. Maisel, Eve, they'll all be there. The rest. <laughs> I I think I'll probably, before I watch Winning Time, I'm going to watch uh, Giannis's Disney Plus movie, though. Rise. Okay, yeah, I'm into that. I love Giannis. Yeah, it's the it's the Anatokounmpo story. They dram- they dramatized it, yeah. Oh, really? So there's like an actor. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I'm psyched. Although for the listeners... Me, I was in Milwaukee with John when the Bucks won the NBA Finals last year, I, and we had a good time. I wouldn't say I'm as big of a Bucks fan as you are of UT women's basketball, but I do love, love, love the Bucks, and I love, love, love Giannis, and so that'll be a that'll be a good day for me. Yeah, the Bulls haven't really been great in like 12 years, so I've just follow different players and Giannis is someone I have uh, really enjoyed watching from the start what an absolute sweetheart well I think we're gonna go from saying it's winning time to it's showtime Lakers five four three two one showtime in 2007 MTV followed up the success of Viva La Bam by giving Bam Margera his own show, which came from his own head, which was a show that follows him and his fiancée, Missy, as they plan their wedding. More like she plans the wedding while she deals with his nonsense. And to quote an Amazon review that gave it three stars from someone named Corey Smith, Uh, Written on May 25th, 2014. He says, not Bam's best performance. So I remember watching the show when I was younger, and it was awesome. But now that I'm older, I've noticed that this show feels really scripted. I hate writing reviews on movies and TV shows because everyone has a different opinion. But I wanted to write this one so someone else doesn't make the same mistake I did. Thinking it would be a great buy because they remember this show from 2006 or whatever. Some points in the show are really great, while some are just sad. That sums it up. Have you uh, Have you ever just like, I've never gone down Amazon reviews for shows before, more. and I think this is I really something should. I want to do more. Oh, yeah. Uh, because some people are really honest, and I, uh, I think I'm just going to start doing this. The way that I used to, uh, like when IMDb first came out, I used to go to every movie and TV show I liked and I would just read the trivia and I'd just absorb all, absorb all of that trivia. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that way, I may go down some Amazon review rabbit holes. Um, There's a reason they do that on how did this get made every week? It's true. Oh, they do? Yeah, that's where they get their uh, second opinions. Wow, I'm stumbling upon an idea... That somebody else has had for years. Someone else has been doing for years. Just like how Ian came up with the plot of defending your life without ever hearing about the movie itself. I started writing the play and there were elements of it that were different. But once you told me that, you're like, I was telling you the premise. You go, oh, defending your life. And I was like, well, I was 10 pages in, but now I'm dropping it. Which (laughs) back then when I was like 21, 10 pages was... uh, no no joke to me. That was that was real labor. A great concept. And a great concept that I came up with 
by myself, and it turns out is a an applauded Albert Brooks Meryl Streep movie. One of my favorites. I still actually have not seen it because I'm Are you still just a so bit bitter? bitter. Of course. Uh, I would like to watch more Albert Brooks movies, but before we get to Albert Brooks movies, let's talk about Bam's Unholy Union. Yeah, we'll get back to Albert Brooks, though, right? Oh well, everything comes back around to Albert Brooks, John. We'll we'll, we'll make it. We'll make our way back to Brooksville. So obviously, if anyone does not know who Bam Margera is, he was a young kid growing up in Pennsylvania. Started making goofy movies with his friends, became an incredible skateboarder and somewhat of a phenom. And he merged his two loves of making goofy videos with his friends where they just like beat each other up and goof around and, you know, launch, uh, ride around in grocery carts until they hit a curb and launch themselves into a bunch of bushes Uh, and his love for skateboarding, and he directed a movie called CKY, which was a big, big hit, and that came out right at the time that, um, I mean, skate videos were were really big at the time, the late 90s, and he created a video that encapsulated the sort of, I don't know, camaraderie and like... How would you describe this energy that they have in Jackass? Which is like, like, just like boys running around doing stupid stuff and hurting themselves and bothering people. Chaos is probably just how I would describe it. The, okay, and I think there is a distinct difference between the Jackass energy and the Bam Margera energy. Oh, we'll we'll get to that. Okay, we'll talk about that later, but- in general, did you have, other than Terry, did you have like an inroad to, like, what was your introduction to Bam Margera and how are you, how do you feel about the sort of, I guess, jackass world in general? Oh, yeah. No, we're, we're, we're getting there. So I, uh, I just wanted to talk about, he made this video, CKY. Oh, mm-hmm. And then that he was already becoming this known skateboarder, but then this video sold like crazy. He made a couple million dollars off of it. Was this like a VHS thing that just kind of got passed around or? uh, Yeah, but it was, he had a sponsor, a a skate sponsor that ended up helping get it distributed. But then they were kind of stealing from him or giving him a bad deal. So he switched sponsorships that gave him a better deal that gave him, it's like they sold 400,000 copies or something in the first year. and. Right. I mean, this is made for, it's zero money. It's just him and his friends running around with a handheld camera and a fisheye lens, you know. And I was watching CKY earlier, and they're like doing stuff in grocery stores and fast food places. And I'm like, you know, there is no location. Like in production, normally you would have to sign like a location agreement. Mm-hmm. You would normally have to pay the location for using their store. You know, you would usually have to pay people or at least get them to sign a waiver to appear in your video. None of that was made. There is no overhead to this movie other than the cost of the camera. There's something more disturbing to me about like the low budget stuff than there is about the high budget stuff, just because 
I feel so badly for the people and like the property that gets destroyed in this sort of way through this sort of stuff. When it's like a bigger budget thing, like you get to the jackass movies, you're like, okay, they have a budget to like pay these people back in some capacity. When it's just some like dipweeds that are just like destroying stuff, I'm just like, well, nobody's getting that back. This poor like bodega owner is just screaming at these kids. They're, it's just, it's, it's anarchy. And maybe I'm just too type A to really enjoy it other than without the logistics. Yeah, you're some kind of old man. But I did, uh, as an older person now, 30, I did find myself having much more empathy for the people that they are messing with than uh, than I, I did when I, I was a kid, for sure. But we'll, we'll, we'll get there, I promise. Um, mm-hmm. So he has success from CKY. Then there was also this skate magazine called Big Brother, and that was taking off at the time. And that's where Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O and them started off. Um, and it was just kind of a magazine that like it was about skateboarding, but there was alternative stuff in there as well. There was just crazy humor. You know, there was a little bit of nudity. You know, it was very much selling to skateboarders and teenagers and whatever, and that became so successful that the, the editor-in-chief of that and a bunch of the guys from it went on to become the, the jackass team. So Bam had a separate fame from jackass. Yeah. That Then when jackass came around, the two of them merged and his fame grew because of it. But he had always had his own insulated... Uh, attention. My first exposure to him was when he was featured in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Three. Yeah. And he was also one of like the characters in Tony Hawk's Underground and stuff. So I knew him as a skater before. Oh, he's he's a main character in yeah. Underground. So the first one he was in was Tony Hawk 3. And then him and Tony Hawk just became better and better friends. He's like, he's the second main I think like in Tony Hawk Underground or maybe it's Underground 2, your character is interacting with him a lot. A lot, yeah. Tony Hawk's Underground is, I think, the game that I have beaten more than any other game ever. Oh, I l- yeah, that Dude, was a really fun one. I would, because I would just like sit down, because you could beat it in like three hours. And mm-hmm. so I would just like sit down and play it in one sitting. And that would be a thing that I would do on one afternoon. And I would do that probably once every month or two for like a couple years. I would just beat Tony Hawk's Underground one day. And so, yeah, that was my main sort of exposure to him and that sort of culture. Yeah, and that's a big deal. And that, I mean, those video games, especially that one, he was getting a lot of money, man. Yeah. They made several follow-ups to CKY. Um, He and then Jackass, and then the movies. And they were incredibly popular, and those led to Viva La Bam, which was his own spinoff. I was watching today, so Jackass the show only had three seasons, and I think Mm -hmm. there were only eight episodes each? Yeah, there's not much Jackass before, like, the first Jackass movie. Uh, And that was mostly because MTV was afraid of getting sued because people kept dying replicating those stunts. Not people kept dying, but more than one person died because they were replicating jackass stunts. 
that makes sense. Plus, not to mention, I don't know how realistic it is for these guys to put their bodies through this as often as possible. I was watching an episode earlier, and Johnny Knoxville, they do a cup test. Where yeah, testing that's one out of the it. most famous ones, yeah. Right, and they have like six ways. It's like the first 10 minutes of the episode. They're just going after his crotch with everything they have. And I'm like, this is untenable. This this cannot go on forever. Like, have you I watched? Think they the, had to cut it off before. Yeah. Have you died. watched the Jackass stuff? Like the Jackass movies, at least. Oh yeah, except for the new one. I okay. um, I love Jackass. I always did. I have two older siblings, so I think that probably got me into the world a little bit more. And then I, once I was a stagehand, also, I was working with a lot of guys that were like skaters or like. I don't know, just metalheads or punk kids or like they had their own bands and they'd all kind of be in this same, this similar energy, this similar group of dudes, you know? And I got more into Jackass like again in my mid twenties and I started to really appreciate more of like, it's kind of like WWE, you know, it's, it's, like wrestling, like there's a certain pageantry to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of it is attitude, and the thing that I like about Jackass isn't necessarily the stunts, even though they are impressive. Especially when you get into the later movies and stuff. Jackass yeah. for, Forever is a is a very very good time. They do the cup test again with different stuff. The thing about the Jackass movies is it's not like when somebody gets hurt. It's all the reactions to it, and it's the camaraderie, the we're all in this together sort of thing that I think makes it more special and more fun and less sadistic. And I think that's where the Bam Margera brand of jackassery sort of diverts from the rest of the stuff. The I didn't really watch... Viva La Bam, even though I saw like clips of it here and there when it was airing and I didn't really follow it much just because it just, and I saw it a lot in this show too. It's more of Bam putting other people through stuff than it is people putting each other through stuff. Yes. So after, after Viva La Bam ran for five seasons and the show that we're talking about is... Right, they're planning this wedding, right? So this is a storyline that is going through the show as opposed to Jackass, CKY, Viva La Bam. It's, for the most part, it's just a series of things that happen. I mean, maybe in Viva La Bam, it's like they're messing with Phil and, you know, they're they're just escalating one bit and that's kind of a through line through the show. But this has a story in the way that a reality show has, right? That separates it from the previous entities. And really quick, I wanted to talk about 2007, MTV was actually at a high point. It was, they were number one in uh, the 12 to 24 uh, demographic. Yeah, that's what kids uh, were still watching cable. 
Right. MTVU was huge. They were, you know, number one with college students. Remember with our Studio 60 episode, John, we were talking about how Studio 60 got a VOD bump. Mm -hmm. It was originally 13 episodes and then it got renewed because they had VOD numbers or it didn't get renewed. It got extended. It got, uh, they, it was, the season was airing like it was in the middle of when the season was airing that they actually started releasing like TiVo within seven day recording numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So MTV. And so that was the end of 2006, 2007 MTV was number one in video on demand TV entertainment. Wow. I mean, that makes sense. Was huge, exactly. They churn out. They churned out so much content. I mean, you talk about how Viva La Bam had five seasons in three years, and it was mm-hmm. a lot of episodes. And you could do this stuff on the cheap, and you can. I mean, but obviously, Bam Margera was making a ton of money too. Exactly. Their top three shows were The Hills, A Shot at Love with Tila Tequila. Heck yeah, baby! I did you watch that? I didn't, but was she's a, a Nazi now, so it's weird. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I was like, heck yeah, John. I don't know if you've kept up with Tila Tequila. I have not. Um, I just, it was the first bisexual dating show, I believe. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. No, that actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, Tila, how could you go so wrong? And uh, the real, real world. So also MTV had created Rock Band that year, and it was like the number one game of the year. Uh, it sold super well. And they also had created ways where on their websites they had driven they had a bunch of websites and they had gotten 900 million views that year mt this is like peak mtv year is my point peak mtv like the new mtv not like og mtv because like what mtv was built on obviously was music and this is like peak reality era mtv for sure. Yes. Uh, so they were they were riding high when the show came out, and that was my only point. So um, then, what could have possibly gone wrong? Well, we'll talk about that later. And now a word from our sponsors. Hi, this is Ian, and I'm trying to do this commercial as quickly as possible. Please review and rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Hive Social at One and Done TV. Email us oneanddonepod at gmail.com with any suggestions or thoughts. If you haven't hit the skip forward 15 seconds button yet, I will be amazed. Okay, enjoy the show. So this show follows their wedding. And it's just, it's a wedding. Yeah. I wanted to like take a little bit of a sidestep to talk about our wedding planning because you and I had very, very different wedding experiences Mm -hmm. too. Uh, For those that don't know, I was engaged for a little over three years and then had a wedding of about 140 people uh, of which Ian was the best man. It was a wonderful ceremony. Wonderful ceremony, but a lot of time, and party. great times, a lot of time, a lot of planning, like some of the little steps that they were getting into. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that little bits and bobs here. You had a much more truncated timeline. 
Uh, yeah, my wife and I, we dated for a year. Though to our credit, we had been friends for like seven years before that. Um, then we were engaged for five months and it was COVID and we were like, screw it. We want to get married in October. We just couldn't wait to be married. Yeah. And we got our marriage certificate in September. We called everyone that, uh, it was also a COVID wedding. So we kept it small, uh, just immediate family and a couple friends and my grandma, uh, and we called everyone, was like, hey, this is happening in a month. Come down if you can. If you can't, I totally understand. We found a uh, just like a little outdoor venue we could have the reception at. And we got married at the restaurant our friend works at on the day that they were closed. <laughs> it, and it was, it was I, I had a great time. It was it like was an, an ideal time. wedding for us. Yeah. And but we threw it together. You uh, you took your time, and it was kind of funny. I feel like because watching this wedding play out, which was a four hundred person wedding, I think they said that they yes. were throwing. So a bigger wedding, but they also, according to the show, were planning it over the course of three months. Yes, and so that sort of I don't know. That just kind of made me think of a merging between our two experiences in that way yes yeah we both we both had great times it was they were different weddings they were both very us and I felt like there was so much fun to be had this wedding planning I don't know who was having fun though between Bam and Missy because Bam's general attitude throughout the entire season was I don't care about this. And Missy's entire attitude was Bam's a jerk. And so I don't really, I hope they had fun making their dream day. I I think it's a little unfair to qualify it as she thought Bam's a jerk. It's they had this sort of back and forth where, I mean, this is the whole show. Yeah. Where Bam is like, what? I just want to do this thing and hang out with my friends. And she's like, babe, we have to go to the <laughs> thing today. And he's like, oh, I hate doing that thing. And she's like, but you're going to do it for me, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, I love you. And they like kiss and they do the thing. And he'd be like, can I go now? And then they'd like skateboard or I mean, not really even skateboard. I think what the show was going for, John, was that she had a very calm storyline mm-hmm. it was she was planning a wedding yeah and they were trying to merge the chaos of the bamness with her life and they were trying to make that an entertaining clash yeah it kind of surprised me how much of like a traditional wedding show her side of things was you know she would Oh, I need to find a wedding planner. I need to get out the invitations. I need to find uh, food. And then, and then, of course, there was just his stuff that was just kind of jammed in there. And, you know, him throwing... How many times did they throw kayaks downstairs in the show? At least three. And down ramps, John. They rode the kayaks down some ramps, too. Some very steep ramps. Kayaks and they, were destroyed. They put the the pumpkin helmet 
on the guy. On yeah. Okay, so a lot of the other people involved are other people from CKY, Jackass, Viva La Bam. Bam's parents are in there. Uh, his friends that have been in all of those videos before that. Uh, Missy's parents were also, or Missy's mom, sorry. Her dad had passed away years before. but That's right. And then we had the wedding planner, who was super buff. Loved Sarah. Loved, yeah. loved Sarah. She was awesome. Yeah. When, when we show up at the gym and she's just lifting, you're like, whoa, I did not realize how, how buff Sarah was. Yeah. I like the scene of her sort of interviewing the wedding planners and everyone is... Like, oh, I don't know if you could do this. I don't know if you could do this. And Sarah's like, I can do anything. And you're like, I will follow you. Yeah. She even asked her, she's like, are you prepared for vomiting, nudity, or fighting? She's like, I'm prepared for anything. Like, let's do this. And you're like, fist bump, baby. Let's go. And there was stuff like, I didn't like the clearly scripted sort of antics during the wedding planning. Like, for example, oh, man. So just as an example, a lot of the show takes place in and around their uh, Missy and Bam's mansion that's sort of outside Philadelphia, I think. And you know it's outside of Philadelphia because they say Wooder. It's hilarious. Wooder. So that's where a lot of the planning takes place. But there's like the scene where they're doing the wedding planning and he – how do I describe this? She's sitting on a couch. He literally drops from the ceiling. It sits right. next to her and goes, hey, babe. And then they start making out with each other. His She's living like, so room has Bam. like a balcony from the second floor. But there was no arc to this this fall. It was a straight up and down. So he had to have like been hanging from the banisters, you know, like a, oh. like a little orangutan. Watch it again. Uh, he goes, there is no arc. It is a vertical drop. John, why don't you give the listeners a taste of one episode? You wrote down a series of bullet points, I believe. Yes. Let's just start with, um, let's just do the pilot. So the show starts with three months before their supposed wedding. And within the first five seconds of the show, Bam is uh, stormed into their bedroom as Missy's sleeping. And he has his foot in her face. Uh, He also then gets locked out of the house at some point and he climbs up a ladder to be like, babe, let me in. I found your driver's license. You were such a chubster back in high school. Cause that is one of the things they were like, apparently childhood sweethearts that then just started dating uh, later in life. And so they start to plan the wedding and he's like, I want, you know, violence and wrestling and death metal. And she, she says, this isn't Viva La Marriage. This is our wedding, which I thought was a good uh-huh. one. Yeah. And then, oh, he also has his friend who is staying with him pretty much the entire time, Novak. Novak. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know. Should we dive into Novak now or should we dive in? <laughs> you can dive there's... into Novak now. Okay, let's go. Because Novak's introduction to the show is Novak is sleeping and he gets hit with a lamp. Bam That's right. breaks a lamp over his sleeping back. And that is how we meet Novak. I felt so sorry for this guy. <laughs> he went through all kinds of hell. 
Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's like he was literally the whipping boy. He was tortured in a few different ways. He, let's see, what are the things I can remember? Uh, During the Christmas episode, he gets dragged through the dirt, tied up, hogtied, and then has like pine needles wrapped around him and lights, and he gets hung from a barn. That one felt the most scripted to me, though. That was very scripted, yes. He also does one of the kayak things. Uh, Bam also says, you're going to be a human raccoon, and then he punches him in both eyes. That's the one I feel the worst about, because he he really punches him in oh, yeah. both eyes multiple times, mm-hmm. and you hear it, and yeah. it's it hurts. And then... There's the big injury later on, but was there any any other big injuries from Novak that I missed? Oh, um, Novak. Oh, when they're going wine tasting. Thank and, you. That was mine. Okay. And when, so they're all like tasting wine and they're putting the rest of the spit buckets and then they make Novak drink the spit bucket. Not before they all literally hawk loogies into the spit bucket without telling him. This mm-hmm. man has so many things done to him seemingly without his consent, but probably with a little bit of it. But geez, he gets destroyed throughout this show. And he's just like the hometown friend. And Bam is just like, what? Novak's just going to be around because if he's not like hanging with me, he's just going to like steal meth and like, you know, be a hooligan. You're like, is this his life? One of the things about that too is, I understand that if you're a fan of BAMs and you've been following all these dudes for years, this is like very normal. You already kind of understand the dynamics of the group and you know that Novak's just like down for whatever you're and you can beat him up and he'll be fine. You know, don't worry about it. He'll just take some painkillers or whatever the hell they were doing Uh, that they don't introduce any of this as its own show well at all the the whole thing is done in a way that going you know you are you already know you already know all of them you already know the thing let's just do it and from that standpoint i thought it was uh i thought it was pretty poorly produced from be honest yeah I think it was trying to be at least like the stunt side of things was they were trying to add too much of a a human element to it, which again, just made it feel a little bit more sadistic than I think they intended it to be, at -hmm. least as like a new viewer to it. Because again, like these terrible, when you watch Jackass, these terrible things happen to these guys and then they look and they're like, they're like smiling and, or they're like, did we get the footage? Did we get the footage? Like they are willing participants in this insanity whereas bam does things like let's see uh steals toilets from his dad's house which was oh, i i thought that was funny see that was kind of funny because then again they show phil afterwards and you're like uh he's like oh you got me it's like thank you because i needed that in this show i think there are a lot of elements of like they're messing with innocent people that I don't like that but in this show in particular pretty much everyone is being made a millionaire and is a willing participant I don't know about like Novak and then that get beat up as much but like Phil the mom yeah they're all in on this money machine and I don't 
I don't feel bad about this, but there was some stuff in like CKY or Viva La Bam where like, like you said earlier, they're destroying other people's or like one that I I hated in CKY was that they get a drink from a fast food place. And as soon as the woman hands it to them through the window, they throw it right back at her. And I was like, this is, that's just the teenage behavior. Like, yeah, that's just, that's just hurting someone. I don't like that. Like, it's fine when in, uh, okay. So same episode of Jackass with the, uh, with the, the cup, cup test. test. Yeah. Really funny thing where him and, oh, what's his name? Deco? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Well, Deco's where, one of Bam's friends. I don't remember if he's in Jackass. Yeah, yeah. It's him and Deco. And okay. they are both dressed up as hockey players. And they go on into this local hockey rink. And they just start wailing on each other like hockey players do. And the crowd's going wild. And they're like really going. They're really hitting each other hard. And I was like, whoa, this is really intense. But the crowd's reaction was hilarious. And then three like people that run the place like come on to like separate them. And they just like kind of flop and the guys just drag them away. Like they don't, they're not participants in it, but it's not like they make it a hassle for them. Like they realize that it's over and they just like lay down while they drag their bodies. And then later they're in public and one of them is standing in line for a, I don't know, just for whatever at a store. And he's in his full hockey gear and Bam comes in also in full hockey gear and restarts the fight, but it's not in a hockey rink. It's in a regular place. Yeah. And that was really funny. Yeah. You know, that was good. They're beating on each other, but they're friends. And also there was an escalation of the bit. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that is what makes, did you ever see Eric Andre's uh, bad trip? No, I heard it's great, though. It is great. And one of the things that's great about it is, like, it's a prank show that, yes, other people are involved, but they're mostly just witnesses. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's that's the kind of stuff I like, is when people are, like, destroying each other, and then they are, and then other people are just sort of, they're not, like, in on it. They're just sort of observing it and you get to watch their genuine reactions to it. That's the sort of stuff I like when it's just like pure violence. I get real uneasy with it. And and it's interesting too, to like put it again in the context of this sort of structure where it is again, from a structural standpoint, a typical wedding show. First, it is. Epi- first episode is them setting up the rehearsal dinner. Next episode, they find the wedding planner. And then it's like uh, she's getting the dress. And then they are going ring shopping. And then there's a Christmas episode. And, you know, then they're picking the food. It's And then they get lip tattoos. You know, it's all very standard stuff that, you know, progresses in a, <laughs> in a natural way. And <sighs> how did you buy them as a couple? Did you like them as a couple, Missy and Bam? Um, there, it did seem somewhat genuine to me. I mean, there were elements of the show where everyone's like, he's like, I'm doing what I want. And they're like, bam, stop it. Bam. (laughs) And he's like, uh, babe, it's just who I am. Uh, I don't know why he's from California all of a sudden. Um, no, he does. They don't (laughs) say Wooder in California. 
Right, but there's like, and then his mom does it too. It's just a shtick that they all do. He's like, I'm doing this. And like, don't do that. Those are my roses. Those are my roses. And he's like, sorry, mom. I had to put the, I had to cut Novak with all these rose stems and all the, all of the, what do you get cut on, on a plant? Yeah, thorns. They're thorns, dude. I got, sorry, mom. I got to stab uh, Novak with all these thorns on the roses. And they're like, bam, stop it. And that's pretty much how the show goes. Yeah, it's a lot of that. And I got that that was uh, very, that all read very false to me. But mm-hmm. at least at the time, they seemed genuinely into each other. A bit of a mismatch, but still like she could be kind of into his shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and there's some of that scripted stuff. There was one very, very scripted thing that I did buy. Mm-hmm. And then I actually was affected by, and it's the episode with the wedding dress. So mm. there's a whole thing where Missy goes to uh, New York to get her like perfect wedding dress. And Bam's like, well, I want to go too. Cause I don't want you to look like a pig. And you're like, Oh Bam. And it's like, Ugh. but she gets the wedding dress and mm-hmm. he comes out in his house and he's like, I found her wedding dress and it looks hideous. We we can't have her in this. And so he makes his friend Raykeon, I, I have to say it like that, Raykeon, put on the dress and then they chase him through the woods with paintballs and he like falls in mud and stuff. And so they basically destroy the dress and then they nail it to the front door. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I was watching it and I was like, I mean, this is this is fake, but... Oh my god! Oh my god! What you just felt like it was sadistic? Yeah. And then she was like, "Bam! Why would you have my dress shot with paintballs and then covered in mud and torn and nailed to the door?" And he's like, "Because it was disgusting." Like, she's like, "You don't understand what you did wrong." He's like, "No." And she's like, "You made me sad." And he's like, "I'm sorry." And she's like, "Well." Good thing that wasn't the real dress. You wouldn't think I would wear a dress like that, would you? And honestly, I bought it. I I I didn't realize that I thought that was her actual dress. And well, I thought, that was actually a dress she owned that was her backup dress. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes getting a dress can take so long. But wow, you really thought she was mad and then she wasn't really mad. Yeah, I really did. Well, nice. I, really, I really thought it was, I bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. And then I was like, oh, everything is a lie. Yeah, I forgot about that part. So one episode I wanted to bring up was the one where they go to Detroit to get their wedding bands. Yes, I would like to talk about this as well. Go ahead. Uh, Good. So they fly to Detroit um, to get their wedding bands. And they're like, bands, not bands. And he's like, we already have a wedding band. Uh Iggy Pop's playing. And she's like, no, Bam, bands. bands I don't know why she's Canadian and, and he's from California, but that's just what's happening. Uh, but so they get their wedding bands and then uh, the they have a police escort so they can speed out in Lamborghinis out of Detroit. I was like, what, the, what is this about? No idea. Oh, right. Before that, he's like, babe, 
I bought a one-way ticket here. You know how we're getting home? And he's like, Lamborghini, I bought you a Lamborghini, but you can only get the Lamborghini if you land a skate trick in your high heels. And she's not a skater. Um, I actually like that moment, though. I did. I did, too. Part of it was him, like, teaching her how to skate, like, something he's into. And they're, like, sharing this moment. And then the funny thing is she's in heels and she keeps, she falls really hard a couple times. Yeah, she does. But again, it's just, it felt, that felt like way more playful, which I appreciated. Yeah. And it felt there was a genuine connection there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So then they're driving home and they drive home in a snowstorm and the snowstorm uh, stops them. So they stop at a hotel and then Bam jumps in the pool with all his clothes and doesn't have a change of clothes and runs out into the snow and all of his wet clothes. Because why then not? They go to a bar and then what? The episode's over pretty much, right? Yeah. They had to zoom back to get to their venue, which that venue looked really nice. They they got married in this like hotel in Philadelphia. Looks super duper nice. They also show the bachelor and bachelorette parties, which were interesting. The bachelorette party... She goes with her bridesmaids and wedding party to Palm Springs for like a spa weekend. And he goes to Vegas with the jackass guys. And then he gets so drunk that he passes out before all the babes come back. And all the jackass guys are making out with babes. And the babes are making out with each other. And then the jackass guys are making out with each other. But they're not because that would be icky. Although I never understood in like skate culture and that sc- culture, it's like all those dudes are running around naked, like you know, and, and I'm like, okay, I I don't know why it's so like we're all humping each other, but we're not gay. Yeah, you know what I mean. It is weirdly homophobic for how homoerotic it is. John, why don't we get to the Dunzos after this commercial break? And now, a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the Dunzo Awards. These are the superlatives that we give to every show that we watch. It could be the best, it could be the worst, it could be the most, it could be the least, it could be the weirdest, the wettest, the wildest, the viva labamiest. Whatever it, it is, we have decided to give these awards out to our shows. Each one of us gets two awards to give out in categories of our choosing. Ian, what is your first Dunzo Award? My first Dunzo Award goes to Most Genuine Moment Oh, of the show, and that is The Wedding Itself, which I actually thought was a really nice ceremony. Surprisingly normal. I just right. kept writing surprisingly normal in my notes when talking about the ceremony. <laughs> well, it's like, but it was very them too. Like the altar yeah. was like all kind of, I don't know if it was wood or. There were antlers in there somewhere. Ant- right. Antlers. It was like an altar made of antlers or something, but it, it was kind of viney, but yeah. it, it looked really nice. It was like all those uh, red curtains were really nice. The, the person that um, officiated the wedding, he was like, this big bearded dude with a lot of like sweet, nice things to say. Yeah. 
and uh, like the flower girl was was doing the flowers, and Bam had this nice moment with her where he's like, "Oh, send throw some of the flowers my way," and she like giggled and did, and they had like a nice moment. Yeah. And uh, then once the ceremony started, I was like, "Oh, we're just fully watching a wedding right now." Like, yeah, this is. Uh, it was very. It felt like a home video to me, almost like it. Other than it had four camera angles, but <laughs> otherwise, I was like, "Oh, this just kind of feels like seriously watching somebody's home video of their own wedding." And it was surprisingly really nice yeah i honestly was fully expecting like somebody to crash through the ceiling or them to like unleash a bowl in the middle of the thing but they didn't and they had their weird little vows that he wrote on a burnt piece of wood because of Mm -hmm. course why not Mm -hmm. and it was no super sweet and they actually looked like they were in a real moment for the first time in the show. No, I fully agree. It was really Yeah, nice and it wasn't to... just a moment. It was like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. very, very weird considering the rest of the show's energy. They were also like surprisingly normal gifts that they gave to each other too. Like she gave this like nice like leather wrist cuff to him and he gave her these like really nice earrings. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I thought it would be like edible panties or something like that. But no, it was just things. And then, you know, they had the the reception and Iggy Pop played and they had they danced and they seemed to have a merry good time. And then of course, uh, we're gonna have to bleep all of this, but then one of the last lines of the show is one of the jackass guys turning to camera as they're all all the side characters are giving their marriage advice. He's like I think uh, I'm married. It sucks. Welcome to the sucky club. (laughs) What a way to end. What a way to end this unholy union. And then the the show just kind of ended. It was just like, all right, we did it. And I was like, oh, it's just over. Was it? Did it feel abrupt to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I was expecting like like grand stunt or something. But no, it was just like just over. We're going to go bang in this hotel room now. Have a good night. <laughs> Enjoy, kids. Yeah. I'll move on with my life. What's your first Dunzo? My first Dunzo goes to worst construction job. And that will go to Bam's uncles. <laughs> freshly out of jail. Freshly out of jail, uh, constantly fighting. Bam hires his uncles to construct steps to go into his hot tub they work in one episode for eight hours in which we see them like chugging beers while using saws they're fighting with each other in the middle of the road after they lose some grip on some like wood they, planks. they stacked the wood planks incorrectly and as they took a turn all the wood just flew off the off the truck and so in the eight hour day that they did they made two steps. Yeah. They constructed like they two the whole steps. And, stuff. and it's like, no. And they were just wasted in Bam and Missy's home. It was, it had nothing to do with the wedding, but I was just like, what? What? 
How I mean, can and Missy seem genuinely upset? Yeah, and Bam seemed genuinely upset, and April Margera seemed genuinely upset. It was all just like, this isn't supposed to, you're supposed to make, you just make steps, guys. That's not good. Like, <laughs> get them out of here. Well, they're probably overpaying them. They're probably doing them a favor. For sure. Know? And it was a part of, you know, the, so I think this will be a good enough time for me to uh, re- write it, read off my list of Bam's friends' names, uh, because one of his uncle's names is Birds. That was one of the three that could only construct two steps. Oh, another one was Slug Sluggero. Mm-hmm. Slug was the other one, and then we already talked about Deco. Um, the other ones that we haven't mentioned. Oh, I mentioned Raytheon as well. I also got Francie, Sweetheart, and Brandywine Eel. What? Oh, yeah. Brandywine Eel was one of those guys. Okay. So that's where we Never got. Never would have known that. Nope. Ian, what was your second Dunzo? Uh, my second Dunzo was the most prophetic lines of the show. <laughs> uh, in the wedding episode, someone turned to the camera and goes, I thought you should have called the show My Future X. And they all had hey. a good laugh. And also at the bachelor party, Steve-O turns to Bam and he goes, have you considered the history of relationship shows on MTV? He's like, because they're batting like a thousand for divorce right now. (laughs) That killed me. That did kill me. Yeah. Oh, man. Not sober Steve-O. What a man. That guy figured his life out. Eventually. He did. He is a great interview with Frankie Muniz that I recommend everyone check out on YouTube. Oh, that'd be interesting. Cause yeah, seeing Steve O being the drunk and high idiot that he kind of made his reputation on again, it was it was a little jarring. Like there's one scene in the Bachelor Party where Steve O like steals a sign at the casino and tries to break the case that is holding Bam's memorabilia that's in the casino. And I was like, this is scary. This is, I can understand why people wanted you to get sober. Well, I mean, to me, a lot of that stuff is like they're entitled and emboldened by MTV to do crazy stuff, to break shit. To in public because they know that even if they went to jail, MTV would have to pay for it. Like, yeah, this is all this is what they're getting paid to do is for pushing the envelope and breaking stuff and getting in people's way. Um, so I don't know. I didn't think it was that jarring, but it was like it was a Steve O moment. Yeah, it was. I, d- I got to admit, though, it was the one time I went, ooh, during the show. <laughs> The other times you went, ah! I also went, hubba hubba. Never once. <gasps> Never once. Not even when when Bam was the photographer for Missy's Playboy shoot? Not even then. My God. I only have eyes for my wife. I love you, honey. My second <laughs> Dunzo. I could have sworn you already said your second Dunzo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's okay. I'm just a this person is too. Not the first episode this has happened. <laughs> As always, the worst co-host uh, 
<laughs> lesser, lesser. Worst co-host. Mine goes out to favorite member of the bridal party. Okay. And that will go to bridesmaid Natalie. Do you remember Natalie? Um, I just remember the girls doing yoga. Natalie was the one doing yoga. So during bet the bachelorette party, they were doing yoga like a night and it seemed like the night was pretty calm. Natalie was the one that was getting just wrecked during the bachelorette party, like the single one. And then Natalie, and I can't remember one of the other bridesmaids during the yoga thing. Natalie was just like hugging her. And the other girl was like, you smell like alcohol. And she's like, I know I could smell myself. You've got nice boobies. And you're like, you've got a story, Natalie. And I want you to be on your own show. She also, at one point, I can't remember exactly what it was, but she messed up some sort of, oh, she was like, oh, we're going to Palm Springs. So we're going to Florida. It's like, no, Natalie, no, no, we're going to California. (laughs) it's okay she's like and she was like i need a i need a bag not to throw up it i just need something to breathe into and you're like oh sweet natalie i'm not gonna lie i thought it was florida too yeah that's the the movie palm springs you gotta watch it still haven't have been told it's good i also have the script ready to read in my gmail somewhere shame 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 but yeah I enjoyed Natalie anytime she was on screen. She she took me for it. Because all the other like members of the bridal party were, again, part of Missy's wedding show. Where it was mm-hmm. all just like, oh, you look so pretty. And, oh, the, he's being an idiot. And then there's Natalie who's just kind of doing her own thing. Mm. I was like, heck yeah, Natalie. Get yours. Enjoy your screen time. Um. So, John, I think we should talk about the fact that what separates this show from the Jackass crew and and from the others. Because when I watched CKY and when I watched Jackass, it was like Bam does have his own crew with their own energy. And it does, for the most part, seem a little more juvenile and a little more mean. Yeah, I completely agree. It does... It makes me uneasy. I really, the catharsis of like the jackass stuff is in everyone else around them laughing and not just the person that is perpetuate, mm-hmm. perpetrating the acts of violence or whatever they may be. Cause it's, that's the beauty of what happens with jackasses. It's not just like one person doing to one, it's one person doing it in front of all of their friends and they're, you know, being supportive, but they're also being chiding, and then they just like kick each other in the nuts afterwards, and then right, they're like, "Oh man, you're just... really hurt." Kick him in the nuts. Yeah, it's great, and right. there's some wonderful stuff in in Jackass Forever too, that you get the history of those guys, and you you get the camaraderie, whereas the Bam Margera stuff again, it just feels like a bunch of dudes that want to kill each other and you do see that a little bit with within like the jackass world like i remember the first jackass movie opens with all of them in like a giant shopping cart and they're like Mm -hmm. 
going down like some hill. And they're like, ah, they're all like smiling. And then they cut to Bam Margera and Ryan Dunn, who has since passed away, but is featured in the show as well. And the two of them are just destroying each other, like punching each other in the face and the stomach and the balls and the legs. And and that's just kind of the energy that they bring to it, which the sort of menacing side of things is a, is it makes things a little bit more interesting when it's in like the larger jackass universe one. But when you're just focusing on that part of it, it is queasy. It makes me queasy. Mm. See, to me, I think this is uh, a little bit of your only child coming out because to me, I like <laughs> roll my eyes at that stuff. <laughs> but, you know, it's like I had brothers. We all hit each other. We all beat each other up. I put some of that on you. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty salty about some of it still, but I get that there is a certain type of boys that just rail on each other all the time. And I mean, I always... We always had face was, you know, off limits or whatever, but um, I don't know. It doesn't feel like you called it menacing, but I just think it's like, I'm just like, why would you do that to each other? Like I get, I get the stunts and I get the pranks and I get, I don't know. And, and then I get some of the like, like, okay, beating each other up in the hockey gear there is a context to it. There is a bit happening and that's what hockey players do. But like, I don't know. Yeah. Beating each other up in the middle of that thing for the sake of doing it. It's like that just, to me, that just means they're, they're probably on drugs or something like, Mm -hmm. cause I don't know how you can do that all the time or take that all the time as an adult without being on painkillers or Coke or like, straight up wasted or whatever it is uh, without that, right? Um, But I think that's interesting that that is the part that you hone in on. I get why it would be so uncomfortable for you. But to me, I'm like, I watched them do that stuff on the show. And uh, right, when he punched Novak in the face several times, I was like, this is like not okay. This is not good at all. Like this guy is like a wretched figure who just wants his screen time, you know, just because he's agreeing to it doesn't mean he deserves this. Yeah. Uh, Even if he is a millionaire and even if he is their best friend, I like, I I was not okay with that. Um, But like the dress thing, I was like, that was just stupid. They're running around. Yeah. That's shooting each other with paintballs. They they do that all the time. For sure. Um, it was more about the nailing it up, which is what you had a, a problem with, right? I did too. It just seems so like aggressive. And again, it was about like Missy and having that happen. Oh, like, sure. Uh, when I thought that she was like actually being impacted by it, I was like, yeah, why mm-hmm. would you do that? What is the, what's the point? I don't, I don't really know this person that well. Cause that was like episode three. I was like, if I'm coming into this cold, it's like, I don't really know this person that well for me to want to see them happy or hurt by like all of uh, this. John, it you're just, just a sweet so... boy. That's, that's what that is. You're just a sweet boy and you're empathetic and you care about people's feelings. And I appreciate that. I am fundamentally incapable of hiding my emotions. That is 
a fact. That, that is a, that is a fact. Um, so as a show, what I'd be interested in talking you with is, so like with Jackass and CKY and Viva La Bam, when there are stunts or whatever, it's they come in two forms. It's like either we cut to something crazy happens, boom, we get out real quick, right? Oh, yeah. We cut mm-hmm. to baseball thrown at the head, cut away. And then sometimes it's like there's a stunt that's happening. We see the setup to the stunt, and that's kind of it kind of builds the anticipation to it. And then it happens, and then we get this, you know, catharsis explosion, this feeling, because we see it coming, and then we go, oh, my God, oh, oh, what are they going to do? And they're like, oh, my God, they did it. They're like, oh, my God, that guy's chasing them or something. Like, But when you take all of that and you put it into the context of this wedding reality show, the wedding has all the setup and the pranks, stunts, whatever, rarely fit into any of it yeah it feels like they're cutting to it in the the wrongest way yeah where it does not fit in it's like missy is inside with sarah doing some wedding planning it's like well i guess uh bam's gonna throw his friend off the side of the roof do you guys want to go watch it and sarah's like i mean i guess yeah right <laughs> like, it's always like that and and that is like gross to me because before it felt like crazy guys doing crazy stuff. It's like, this is just, they just need to make more TV. And they're like, what should we do now? I don't know. Throw them off the side of the roof. Okay. Anyone have a nail gun that we can chase people with? You're like, yeah. Right. Like, like there are some intricate. Sometimes what they do is really intricate. I love the Rube Goldbergian stuff. Like that is, I like when it's a hat on a hat and like there's some deception and weird stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Like, like one of the sort of classic jackass bits is, I don't know, someone's like, hey, go get a cup of coffee. And it's like somebody goes, and then like an airbag explodes in their face. Like that's mm-hmm. like fun. It's, you know, somebody's expecting one thing and they get another. Right. The Even big some, hand slapping them. That's the one yeah, I always think of. That's a great one. It's really interesting because I feel like some of the times that have been most traumatizing have involved Bam Margera because there's this one bit, I think it's in the third one, it might be in the second one, where they basically lock Bam in a pit uh, and, oh then they throw, and then they throw snakes in there. No. And he is terrified of snakes. And he makes these like insane acrobatic moves to get out of this car and like onto this roof and he's desperation will make you flexible oh my goodness and he you could see the like shell-shocked look on his face and that is how like traumatized he is by that and there there is one kind of funny nod to that in the in the show did you catch that when he's like he opens a gift from ryan dunn snake and there's a little fake snake yeah in the box that he freaks out a little bit i did not realize that that's what that was about that's yeah it's, it's that bam is terrified of snakes Mm. still it's that line and it's funny that it feels like bam is the one sometimes that when stuff is done to him he at least said the jackass stuff he's the one that seems like most long-term affected by it um well why don't why don't we take a 
Why don't we take a quick commercial break and we will talk about why this show got canceled. And now a word from our sponsors. So, John, why the show got canceled is pretty interesting. Uh, There's actually not a lot out there that you can find about it. I don't know if this is all through the grapevine, but it seems to be it seems to be what's known among the Margira community without me being able to find like a solid source on it. But I feel like the Margera community is a bunch of people who aren't solid sources on anything, though. <laughs> They're solid sources on Margera, though. Okay, because they seem like that. people who you'd like find at the end of a bar and be like, you know what I heard the other day about that Bam Margera fella. Maybe because now, because now he's from California, she's from Canada. Uh, the Bar patrons are from the swamplands. <laughs> we're just triangulating all back, going back to we're, Philadelphia. We're just trying to have a broad fan base is what we're trying to do. But basically, it's well known. A, this is, you can look this up, but the township that he lives in passed a ton of laws that made it way harder for him to film there <laughs> because they were sick and tired of him. And this is not the first township to do this to him. The, the, that's the reason he doesn't live with his parents anymore. Is because he, he was got, messing with them too much that uh, they he got, passed he, laws? Yeah, they passed laws and kicked him out of the neighborhood, essentially. I don't remember if they evicted from him from his home straight up, but he was kicked out of that community. I mean, and oh not God. allowed there anymore. So then he built his home that he lives in with her. And, you know, it took a couple of years, but the township came around and did the same thing. Um, but he's also doing all kinds of illegal stuff in there, just like like land stuff that you don't have, you you need a permit for, you can't get a permit for, you know, they don't want people launching cars off of ramps in their community, you know. And then in this show, the only thing I, I could really find that was him terrorizing the community was he cut down a giant evergreen tree in from his in front of his mom's house that he didn't ask her to then dragged it from behind his Hummer, just on a rope dangling through the streets, which is super dangerous. Yeah. And like could break anything. Like I, it's not even funny to me. Like I'm like, this is like, this is real. This is real life here. I don't like this. And then the tree breaks off and then they hold up traffic for a while while they try to reattach the tree. Um, But that was the only thing in this show that I was like, he's really, possibly terrorizing the community. I'm sure there's plenty more. Um, And then the other thing was that season two MTV wanted them to either get pregnant or pretend to be pregnant Hmm. so that the storyline in season two could be, there's a baby on the way. And to his credit, bam freaked out on MTV and said, I won't do this. We we're done. And he canceled the show, hmm. not them, because he was so. I think maybe that's where his personal life finally took precedent over <laughs> his the MTV marriage uh, changed him. I guess 
Right. And yeah. I can't find much on online about how this freak out happened other than he fought hard against this and walked away because he didn't need it. They yeah. needed him more than he needed them. And yeah, for those two, re- it was harder to film there and then he was done. So that's it. Mm-hmm. Even though I think it had pretty decent ratings. I mean, his fan I'm base sure didn't did. leave him. Yeah. It's a, it's a quick, you know, nine episode event. The last episode is like a an hour long. The rest are like 20 minutes. It's a pretty brisk watch. And I'm sure, you know, they built it up nicely. And he got the, the BAM heads, as we like to call them, the BAMers. Uh, the BAM BAMs of the world. Roll BAM. Together. Roll BAM. I wish I, there would have been another jackass person that sort of had the career that Bam Margera had. I don't yeah. know. It just seemed like, I mean, I think Johnny Knoxville is really interesting. I think Steve-O is really interesting. Uh, uh, I think really Wee Man is really funny. We, I, I love yeah, Wee Man. Jo- and then I've met Preston Lacey. When, remember when we were, I was doing the Shakespeare Bridge show that you assistant yeah. directed for me? Yeah. And Preston Lacey was performing at the theater after us. And we're all, I should tell the story. I was, um, we were coming off stage and he's just sitting in the green room and we have all these props and costumes and we're running around for an hour and a half in that show and we're sweaty. We're so sweaty. And it was just like, oh my God, man, I'm, I'm so sorry. We're like stinking up this green room. You know, we're like changing in front of him and we're just like, I'm sorry. We're trying to get out of here as quick as we can. Sorry, sir. My name's Ian. And he's like, oh, Preston, nice to meet you. And he was really nice and cool about it. It was the theater owner that was uh, mad at me. And he was like, did you just ask Preston Lacey who he is? And I was like, yeah, who is he? (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the jackass guys. I didn't know. He was a nice guy, though. Yeah. Because he was there all weekend. Um, But, yeah, I know what you mean. Because at this point, and I think we can safely say that neither of us would renew this show, right? Like, This is throwing me off because we're supposed to have theme music right now. We're supposed to have a buildup here. And I would not renew. I would, no, there was, okay. Right. I, I got that off my either. chest. I don't oh, even, I I even want to fake all the buildup. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put the music in, but... It's like, I don't want to go through the pageantry of what either of us renew it. Everyone knows it's a now here. We started was, early. Yeah, it was, no, it was tough to watch. It was surprisingly easy to binge, though, which was nice, I think. And yeah, yeah it was just kind of mean-spirited and difficult to get through. At this point, Bam had just like I said earlier, he was emboldened by everyone around him to just do whatever. And I think they were a little bit on autopilot. If I'm going to be honest, this show was not well produced. Uh, Bam was king of the castle and everyone rounds him like, Bam, you're great. And he's like, ha ha, I'm funny. And everything I do is great. And uh, you know, not everything. And also you can't just film whatever and call it a TV show. And Absolutely. I've worked in reality TV this was not well produced at all. They no. really just phoned it in on a lot of these moments. They didn't merge the two storylines very well. Uh, there was no cohesion, and it was it was uh, just a bad 
repeat of Viva La Bam with the wife angle on top of it, it felt like a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy to me. Yeah. And I the shame of it is I really liked Missy. I thought she was interesting and charismatic, and I wanted to see her stand on her own a little bit more. Yeah, and I liked was, her storyline more sometimes. It was it was just more interesting, and I thought that she actually was a human, and I wanted to watch her way more than I wanted to watch him. She and was a human, and you could tell when she's being sucked into his stuff, it was very false when she did it. Absolutely. And yeah, they got divorced, what, I think five years later? Uh, and then, well, 2010, they were separated. And then okay. 2012, they finally divorced. And it was, yeah, it was drugs, alcohol, and extramarital affairs because yeah. he, uh, you could tell, did you see like, it was like the day before the wedding or something, him and Novak were doing something and they both look, it wasn't just hung over. They look strung out. Yeah, they looked in real bad shape. And it just seems like, the last ever since then, the 15 years since then, he's just has just kept riding that wave. And he got fired from Jackass Forever because he couldn't keep his sobriety agreements in place. He ended up suing, I think, Knoxville and Jeff Tremaine. And yeah, his story was that he found an Adderall in his car and took one Adderall, and they were making too big of a deal about it. But you know, I mean, also, if you're True. Even if that was the case, as someone with, you know, I have an addictive personality, I have friends who are addicts, and it's like, you have to draw a line because you know if someone, okay, one Adderall now, what's tomorrow? Yeah. You know, so even if that was the case, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's tough to watch, and yeah, you're right, though. There's some stuff in here where you're like, you are in rough shape, and the fact that, you know... You could watch somebody like Steve-O and you'll be like, oh, he like got it, seems seemingly got it together, at least mm-hmm. in, a, in a decent level. And to see that Bam has not, it's just, it's tough. I wouldn't recommend anyone watching it. If you want to check it out on YouTube, it's it's a fun show to talk about, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah. have a watch buddy at least. Don't watch it by yeah. yourself. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad on your own. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this was just the beginning of the end. They, yeah, he he could do anything he wanted. He could be as drunk as he wanted. He could punch his friends in the face, and they'd still thank him for it. And when you put all those behaviors together, it's no surprise that he was going downhill. And I don't, you know, I have empathy for him, and I uh, I enjoy him in other realms of entertainment. He's an incredible skateboarder. I like most of CKY and the other stuff. But I, I also, he directed CKY and he has a very unique perspective. He created mm-hmm. a genre, basically. He took, he took skate movies. He took these pranks him and his friends do. He merged them. He had a really interesting edit in CKY where someone's about to fall from a skateboard and it cuts to he does this thing where he keeps falling with trays full of fast food Hmm. uh, in front of like people at a McDonald's or whatever. So they merge the skateboarding right into a prank and it was really good. Or like they're kind of getting this energy up where they have this like long cutaway where they're all like doing this Vietnam thing where they're all like, soldiers and there's like guns and fake blood and whatever and it's like very over the top but 
clearly like they're doing a Vietnam War thing and they're merging it with kind of the energy that's going on between the skateboarding and the pranks. And it's like, he was a good director. He yeah. did a good job. And he, I, it, it is sad to see he to see how far uh, he's fallen. And I think this show shows you why. Yeah, absolutely. It really is a sort of marker. It's a, it's a time capsule, if you will. Yeah. So, Ian, where can people find us? Tweet at us at One and Done TV. Follow us on Instagram at One and Done TV. Email us at One and Done Pod at gmail.com. One and Done Pod at gmail dot, not semicolon, com. Uh, Venmo me at Hamil Chin. Watch How to with John Wilson. Uh, use the live How scraper. dare you? You. <laughs> Heartless monster. This is when you plug Joe Para talks to you. Absolutely never. So I think everyone should really watch How To with John Wilson. You know, it's a beautiful meditation on what it means to be alive in today's society. And uh, Ian's a poop face and I don't like him. So with that. I'm making a very unique and interesting short film. Uh, If you want to email us and donate money to that, then I will take it. Cool. And I think with that, we are done. Have a... Have a wonderful day night, y'all. Wait, we didn't talk about how Novak broke both of his feet in the death gap. Novak broke be- broke both of his feet in the death gap. Yeah, just watch the last episode. They'll we'll talk about it. But it is worth wa- that part's worth watching. It's messed yeah. up. It's real bad. Speaking of real bad, this is one done TV. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Lack of Hustle Media.